I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. I'm Don LaGreca. Monday means EJ Raddick from the NHL Network, NHL Now from 4 to 6 Eastern. Also the voice of Hockey International for the Stanley Cup Final, which everybody thinks is going to be Florida and Vegas, but let's pump the brakes a little bit as we welcome in the great EJ Raddick. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. I'm not pumping the brakes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no i i really I, mean, I guess you never know yes you never you're absolutely right you never know i mean it's a long series if this year has taught us anything it's taught us not to take anything for granted but uh you know we've had four overtime games so far i don't think that's ever happened in the conference final before to have four overtime games in the mm-hmm. first two two on each side so i mean i guess we'll see how it plays out but uh i do like the chances of the teams that are leaving. Yeah, but I, I would tell you, I would probably, as much as I respect Carolina, I'm a little worried about them with their road record in the postseason in recent years. So I would give Dallas the best chance to climb out of the hole. How about you? Yeah, well, Dallas has the home ice, right, still. Like, yeah. you know, what's the old saying, right? You haven't lost you know, in a playoff series until you lose a game at home, right? So Dallas hasn't lost at home yet. They played better in game two. Really could have won game two made some crucial mistakes down the stretch and into overtime, and that cost them. So I would I would agree with you that uh, that the Dallas Stars are in a better situation, albeit not that much better. <laughs> you know, I had a little back back and forth with somebody on Twitter yesterday with some downtime um, that the Panthers, if they go on to win the Stanley Cup, would be the worst Stanley Cup champion of all time. And it's very difficult to, to debate these things because Stanley Cup champions are all great. Otherwise, they wouldn't be champions. But I, I understand what they're saying. But my argument is I look at this Florida Panther team that's, you know, uh, is it fair to say that, hey, they won the President's Trophy last year, made a blockbuster trade, took a little while to get acclimated to some of the new stars, and certainly Paul Maurice is the head coach, who I think is exceptionally underrated as a head coach. And listen, they were fortunate Pittsburgh lost those two games, and, and they just began to gel that they're probably better than their eight seed indicates. Is, is, is that fair? Well, I mean, I think a couple of things. I mean, you're right. They were the President's Trophy winners last year, and and they did make some major acquisitions this year. Um, I think more to the point is, you know, they did make a coaching change. Although I don't know if I'd agree with you that Paul is that underrated. I think he's coached a long time. His record speaks for itself. And, uh, you know, I think he's doing a great – I think he is coaching as well as he's ever coached in Mm -hmm. his last month and a half. And I think sometimes that comes with experience, and it comes with a willingness to say, hey, I'm just going to do this my way. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna overcoach. I'm not gonna second guess. And I think that's really benefited them here. But all that said, I think you know you look at their team. They had a lot of injuries during the season. I mean, Barkov missed was in and out of the lineup. Ekblad was in and out of the lineup. Duclair wasn't even in the lineup for like three quarters or more of the season. Uh, Bennett was in and out. Uh, you know, through it all, the truck put up a hundred point season. 
Um, and Brandon Montour put up over 70 points and set a franchise record for points by a defenseman. So uh, those were things that went on. Uh, Bobrovsky was kind of up and down. He dealt with injury and illness throughout the season. So they had a lot of things going on in Florida that uh, that kind of limited their potential. I, I know talking to Billy Lindsay, who works with me at NHL Network, and is, does their games uh, on radio as the analyst, and, you know, we talked from time to time, and he got to me in, in March. He texted me and said, you know, we're a, we are a good team right now. This is a different team. And that's because everybody got healthy and in early March. And then they had a couple of other injuries, and Bobrovsky got ill, and it was a struggle to make the playoffs. But when they're all healthy and right, that is, uh, that is really, uh, you know, that's a really good group there. And, and they've kind of put it together at the right time. And everybody's bought into what they're doing. And another thing about, like, talking about the Florida Panthers, like, well, they're the worst roster or the wor- one of the worst Stanley Cup winners. I mean, you score on that roster. First of all, they've got three of the top four picks in the 2014 draft right. on their team, you know. And they've got other high picks. And guys like their goalie is a two-time Vesna winner. Um, you know, they've got other players that really have been established in this league. So I think everything's just come together for them. Yes, numbers-wise, I mean, numbers-wise, they were the 17th best team in the league this year, right. according to points, behind Calgary, who didn't make the playoffs. So, you know, if people want to make that argument, they can make it all they want. The reality is this. They, they, they rallied to beat the Boston Bruins, who have the best record in right regular season history. And then they've made they made short work of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and now they're doing the similar kind of thing to the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, and they're being backed, I say, by a goalie who's been just lights out. I think he's nice a nine fifty three save percentage in his last seven games. So uh, you know, people can have that argument all they want, but the bottom line for those guys is that's a good group in there, and yeah. they figured it out. And and. And to the point, listen, they haven't done it yet. They're still six wins away from winning the no. Stanley Cup. Nope. But if they were able to do that, you know, by knocking off the President's Trophy winner, the historically great regular season Boston Bruins. All right, beating Toronto, nobody will probably give you credit for that because it's the, it's the Maple Leafs and they've struggled in the postseason. But to beat a first-place Carolina team, to maybe possibly defeat a first-place Vegas team, the path would dictate it to be more difficult. The teams that I kind of threw out there, because then the conversation became, became like some of the worst teams. Like I look at that 93 Canadians team, and yeah. I say, yeah, that probably would be among my – I know it's the Montreal Canadiens, it's Patrick Waugh, but yeah. that was the conference final where all four teams were third-place finishers in the division where they went one yeah. through four. Yeah. And they didn't beat a great team yeah. to win the Stanley Cup. I know Gretzky and all that, but you know they didn't beat a, a great team in the path there and, and did very little after that. And outside of Patrick Waugh, well, you had John LeClaire, you had, you had some nice players, but uh, to me, that would be a team. The 06 Carolina Hurricanes would be a team that would jump to mind because I believe Buffalo was the best team in the league that year and just had a ton of injuries in the conference final. When you look at Florida, if they get there, the path that they took, it's hard to say that they'd be the worst team ever. Yeah, I, I agree. And, I mean, these are arguments that people have, uh, you know, on your show every day or on <laughs> Twitter with you or at a bar, and that's all good. That's why we, we're so fortunate uh, to do what we do because we can engage in these discussions. But, you know, I, I tend to agree with you. And I do think that would be the one one that comes to mind right away would be the 93 Canadians because I'm trying to think of their roster outside of Patrick Waugh. Like, who are the Hall of Famers on that team? And I'd have to think long and hard about it. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, if you raise the Stanley Cup, 
you know, that's an argument people can have, but I'm sure the guys in that room could care less. They're no. happy to win the Stanley mm. Cup. No, of course. It's it, it's it's a fun argument, but at the same time, we're, 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 arguing, we're arguing about, like, true greatness. To be able to win that yeah. Stanley Cup, to yeah. be able to go through that tournament uh, would be pretty, pretty unbelievable yeah. for sure. I mean, you're, all right, yeah. you're looking at their leading scorer was Vincent Damfus, Kirk Muller, yeah. Brian Bellows, uh, Stefan LeBeau, Mike Keane, uh, yeah. Denny Savard, who hardly played. That's that's a Hall of Famer, but not because of what he did for, the, yeah. for that Canadiens team. John LeClair, Matthew Schneider, yeah. Patrice Brisois, Um A nice team. Yeah. And they've played a bunch of other nice teams to win the cup, you know. And so yeah, and they won a lot of. I mean, like like a little like Florida, they've won yeah. a lot of overtime games, and a lot of times you win overtime games because you get great goaltending. And I think that's a commonality between the two because uh, Sergey Bobrovsky, as I mentioned, in the last seven, I mean, I'll throw out some of those Bruins games and take it right from the from the start of the Leaf series. Um, he stopped 264 of 277 shots, and uh, there have been some unbelievable saves in that mix, and he's just been lights out good. So, you know, they've been winning goals, you know, low-scoring games and overtime games, and that's what that Montreal team did in 93 because they had Patrick Waugh. Now, I think this Florida team has players that in front of uh, their goaltender that will prove historically in the future to be, you know, better players, but Time will tell. The bottom line is right now, it's, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to win four rounds. you got to win 16 games. Oh, yeah. And, you know, these teams right now, Vegas and Vegas and uh, Florida right now are at the same mile marker that the New York Rangers were last year in the playoffs, and the Rangers never won another game. So I guess That's you right. never know what's going to happen. We'll see. Yeah, we're going to find out for sure. And as you said, these games have all gone to overtime. So one little hop, skip here, and we could be talking about Carolina and Dallas being up two games to none or the series being even at one. So that's how crazy uh, things have gone. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Away from the playoffs for just a second, um, obviously these teams looking for coaches. I just, I just popped into my head the other day, and I just wanted to throw this out at you. Who's got a better chance of getting back into the league as a head coach, Joel Quinville or Mike Babcock? Well, I would say Mike Babcock because he doesn't have any restrictions, right? I mean, right. not that, you know, he, he doesn't have to have a – I don't think he has to have a conversation with anybody to be hired. He just has to be hired by someone, whereas Joel Quinville would have to go through that process or does have to go through that process with the league, like Stan Bowman has to go through that process to kind of get clearance to return to the league, and apparently that's something that's going to take place in the summer. So we'll see how that plays out. But, uh, you know, Joe, Joe Quenville, I mean, I, we've had these conversations before, and I know it's, it, you know, people want to get into the 
to all the things that go around it. And it's significant. And it's uh, it's a hard conversation to have, for sure. But I would say just based on the, him as a coach, we're getting right. the other things. For the moment, um, I think that, uh, you know, he's one of those guys. He's been, he's been a terrific, terrific coach. Guys who played for him tell me he's the best coach they ever played for. So uh, if there's a feeling that he might become available, it might be worth waiting, but there's no way to really know that unless you have really connections. Uh, you know, you've had those conversations with the commissioner and get a take on where he's at right now, and he's certainly not going to be talking about that public anytime soon. So, um, you know, I would say Mike Babcock is probably the guy that would be the easiest guy to hire. How do you how do you think this all gets initiated um, as far as Quinville getting back? Is it just a case of waiting for the Stanley Cup to be awarded, go through the award ceremony in Vegas, and then Gary sitting down with Joel? Or would it take a team saying, I'd like to hire him, can we start the process? Well, I mean, I, I would just guess, and again, this is my uneducated opinion on this, is that this would certainly wait until after the, the draft. Um and you know maybe sometime even after July one. I don't I don't know what the clock is for the commissioner, but I I get the sense that it's not something they want to discuss now while they're going through their marquee championship right. season, and we're going to have awards you know given out after that. We're going to have the NHL draft, and then we do have July first with free agency day, and there's a lot of things that go into that. So uh, I'm not sure where where it fits in. I think if a team were to to initiate kind of those conversations and, and be kind of knocking at the door, then I think they could probably happen more quickly depending upon this, you know, who was knocking and how loud they were knocking. <laughs> so, right. You know, uh, but, uh, you know, I think that they are, you know, it is a conversation I do not imagine is going to happen uh, until after the, uh, you know, until after the, the draft at earliest and perhaps even after July 1st, and you know, those conversations could be going on now for all we know, but I just don't think anything will be discussed or announced publicly until after that. What did you think of how things went down in Toronto with Dubas? Crazy story, (laughs) kind of crazy week. Um, You know, Brendan Shanahan was, uh, if nothing else but methodical and and, uh, very, very transparent, at least, you know, he's giving his side of the story, right? I mean, he laid out, uh, you know, where and when he met and what the timeline was and, you know, his thinking. So he was very clear in that. I guess we'll hear from Mark, from uh, from Kyle Dubas at some point whether he refutes any of that or not. At this point, he is not. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll wait and see. I guess Dubas has been given permission or the, or the Pittsburgh Penguins have asked permission to talk to him, which is something that people have speculated for a while now. Um, so it's kind of fascinating to watch. I mean, it puts the Toronto, Toronto Maple Leafs are kind of in a tricky spot right now. They've got to act quickly to get a new general manager in place because they've got to do, they've got to figure out what they're doing with Nylander and Matthews in, you know, in short order, Matthews in most particularly because a no move clause kicks in on, on July 1. He's got one more year left on contract. I mean, I think you could point to that and say that was a mistake that Dubas and Shanahan and the Maple Leafs organization as a group made in that they gave, they were willing to do a five-year deal with Matthews when at a time when Matthews really had no leverage other than to not play. Um, so, you know, that mistake is now coming back to haunt them because, you know, most teams sign those marquee 
core players to eight-year deals. And you lock those guys up and you pay for the extra years, but you get that done. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, not a, it's not a circumstance where this guy can leave after a five-year contract expires. So they're going to have to figure that out. They're going to have to get somebody in place. And I'll be curious to see what road they go down. Brendan Shanahan, I took kind of very uh, copious notes on his mm-hmm. whole presser, and he did mention that a, an experienced general manager was an attractive quality. So that's the, the path he didn't take last time in hiring Dubas. We'll see. Um, to me, the most interesting name out there, even though he's not available, at least at this point contractually from what I understand, would be Doug Armstrong because, you know, he's won Stanley Cup. He's a guy that's from that area. He's got a ton of experience. And, uh, you know, he could come in and hit the ground running. But, you know, I don't know if he could get out of his situation in St. Louis, nor do I know if he's interested in leaving St. Louis. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of names that get mentioned. Elliot Friedman was funny. He talked about guys are going to come out of the woodwork for this job, and I think he's 100% right about that. But they've got to act quickly because uh, July 1st is just around the corner. Yeah, there's a lot of work for general managers to do. It's one thing with a coach, but you know, a lot of the work on the draft has already probably been done. Most of all of it were probably done. That, that's less, but yeah. you know, once well, you that's get July scouting, That's the scouting group. Yeah, right. That's the scouting group that would do that. But, you know, you want to have somebody in place, and, you know, this is definitely uh, – this is definitely going to be a very interesting uh, few weeks and an interesting search and one that has to be taken on, as Shanahan said, with a lot of urgency at this point. Yeah, because you got Pittsburgh, too, and then what happens with Mike Sullivan? It was interesting when Mike Sullivan said, I'm not a candidate for the Ranger job. But at that particular moment, maybe you weren't. But if you get let go, new general manager comes <laughs> in there, wants his own coach, then all of a sudden you probably could become a candidate. So I just thought it was kind of yeah, semantics that he was playing when he said that. Yeah, well, he's got a lengthy contract in Pittsburgh. I don't think he has any desire to leave that contract. But you're right. If uh, they were to hire someone else, um, you know, Kyle Dubas, for example, we know about his ties to Sheldon Keith, although he is still officially the, the coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and that could drag out a while in being in that spot. So, uh, you know, time will tell how it plays out. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, you know, musical chairs going on right now. And in Calgary, it looks like today that Craig Conroy will be moving into that job as the general manager there. And, uh, you know, he certainly has his hands full as well. What's happened? I remember when these guys played, for God. It didn't feel like it was that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's right. And now, and listen, their kids are playing now in the NHL, right? So there you go. We're just, uh, we've just been around a little while, Donnie, which is good. We have a lot of experience that we can lean on when having these conversations. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. You know, I got to ask this question. I know you got to run in a couple of minutes, but if you can give me my, you okay. know, a minute, um, my favorite you. overtime. Uh, that somebody was asking me that with the four overtime game between the Panthers and the Hurricanes. Is there a favorite overtime for you? I, I have a sneaking suspicion which one you would pick, but do you have a favorite? Yeah, I mean, I'd have to lean on May twenty fourth, nineteen eighty, seven eleven of overtime when yeah. uh, when Bob Nystrom took a pass from John Sally and put it in the net to beat Pete Peters. That uh, you know, on a, on a warm 
late, uh, like I said, May 24th afternoon at the old Nassau Coliseum. Yeah, it's, uh, I guess I was not quite 20 years old yet at that time. And, uh, yeah, I don't, that was a wonderful, wonderful experience for me as a fan. And, you know, we go into these jobs as, you know, in the media and like our, you know, we've had this conversation, Don, like our lives change and it's a, it's a job. And like, I don't sit around rooting for teams in the sport that I cover anymore. And I'm not saying that other people can't do that. I'm just saying it's not what I do. I've been covering it nationally for a long time. So I like to be as a, a fair arbiter to, you know, all 32 teams that I cover. But, you know, at that time, that was certainly not the case. I was just a young guy that really was a, a big fan of the New York Islanders. And uh, it was a wonderful afternoon and a wonderful overtime. But there was a lot of good overtimes in that run, actually, against, you know, Boston and uh, and Buffalo, I believe, as well. So uh, that was a hell of a run. And I'm sure all fans have their favorite overtimes. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that, you know, the Ranger fans have a couple from 1994 that stand out. I think uh, off the top of my head, there was one particular one that was yeah. good. In the conference final, yes. and you know, Devil fans have ones. I guess you know when when uh, Jason Arnott scored to to win a Stanley Cup in overtime. That was probably a good one. So uh, yeah, there's uh, overtime hockey. It leaves the mark. It leaves the mark, good or bad, right? Because there's some bad ones. I remember too. So uh, sure, but overtime hockey is something that's uh, you know it's pretty crazy. I know you're really busy and you've got a lot going on, but travel. But maybe you have time for a book. I just finished Brian Trottier's book, All Roads Home. Very, very good. I think you'll really yeah. enjoy. Yeah, it. I read. I've read bits and pieces of it because we interviewed Trot on the air, and I will take it with me and uh, read it. And I'll give you one other one. I read uh, John Bacon did a book on the uh, the '72 Canada Russia series. Oh, really? And let me tell you, and I, I don't know if you're old enough to remember then, you know, I'm, you know, was a young boy when that was going on, so I remember it. Um, it was great, but even if you don't and you're a hockey fan and you want to, you know, and it takes you back to the early 70s and the things that went on leading up to that series, I just thought John did a wonderful job with that book. I couldn't put it down. So, uh, you know, that, that's another great book uh, John Bacon wrote on the, the 72 Summit Series. I think it's called The Greatest Comeback. Mm-hmm. But, uh, at any rate, so there's a couple of good books for the listeners out there. And the Trotz, Trotz, has, Trotz has a great story. And he's one of those guys now, I see him, Donnie, and I'm so excited to see him whenever I do because he's just he's such a he's such an upbeat person and uh, he's lived such an interesting life. So uh, yeah. great choice by you, and I'll bring it with me to finish it. All right, buddy. Enjoy uh, the rest of the uh, week. We'll talk hopefully again next Monday. You got it, buddy. All right, yeah. that is the great, and I mean great, E.J. Raddick. Of course, you can catch him on NHL now on the NHL Network between the hours of 4 and 6. One game tonight. We go back to the Eastern Conference, and it'll be the Panthers and the Hurricanes. I really like the Hurricanes tonight. I don't think they're going to go quietly into that night at all. Um, but um, I just I, I really feel good about the Hurricanes. They have not been good on the road. I get it, but I just don't think they're going to get swept. I picked the Hurricanes in seven, so they're going to have to start winning at some point. But, you know, I don't look at this the way I look at the, the Miami Heat, you know, and the way they've beaten Boston. I mean, uh, these games have been very, very competitive. Overtime, anything can happen. Very, very low scoring. But uh, give the Panthers credit. The one thing the Panthers have going for them is they're probably, not probably, they are just a better, more dynamic offensive team than Carolina. Uh, and Bobrovsky has just been amazing. And when you look at Bobrovsky's resume, 
you know, recently it's surprising, but he's won a couple of Vesna trophies. He's won over 350 games in the National Hockey League, so he's really playing within his own right now, and that's certainly going to help Florida. So I'm a little less confident on the Carolina Hurricanes winning, but I do think they're going to win tonight, and I still think Dallas is going to have a say in this series as well. They're going back home, so they've got to feel like they can turn around, hold, serve, and games could have went either way there. Ottinger needs to play a little bit better, but I still think he's probably the best goaltender uh, left going in, but now Bobrovsky's probably stolen that away from him. Um, can Aiden Hill continue the play that he's played, even though he didn't even start? He, it, it, at times, it felt like he might have been the third option going into the playoffs, and now he has played uh, some terrific hockey. So we'll be back with you again on Wednesday. That's when we'll get in touch with you at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. If you want to play a little bit of a game, send them to me. What I asked EJ, some of the worst Stanley Cup champions of all time. Again, it's hard to be worst when we're talking about being the best in a given season, but obviously you're going to rank these, and I threw out the 93 Hurricanes, uh, the, the 93 Habs, I threw out the 06 Hurricanes, and I mentioned it on Twitter, so a lot of their fans kind of got on me. But it's not from the standpoint of great players, just you know, not a great team and not a great path. And just happen to win uh, the Stanley Cup, you know. Just or sometimes you get lucky, right? Where you just don't have to face that great team, but still, you went through the tournament. You did everything you were supposed to do. You can only face the teams that you face, so it shouldn't be anything that you wear as is a negative. But it's a fun conversation, and I don't think the Panthers would be there, although they still have a lot of work to be done. But when you look at the path, if they end up getting there, even if it ends up being Dallas in the West, some very very good teams that they had to get through. The historic team in Boston. Say what you want about the history of Toronto. But the Leafs still a very good team. Carolina's won a couple of division titles, including this year. If it's Vegas, Vegas won the title. Dallas lost out on the Central Division title on the last day of the season. But that's crazy. And it, and also, you know, somebody had mentioned to me, how can they how, how can they be good when it, it took two Pittsburgh losses at the end of the season to get them in? I get it, but we got to get over this whole, well, it's easy to make the playoffs in the NHL. If anything, it just shows you how hard it is to make the playoffs and how teams like Pittsburgh that just missed – uh, can feel like maybe I could have been that team. Maybe I could have got hot, and my goaltender could stand on his head. Maybe I could have could have uh, gotten on some sort of a run there, right? I mean, it's it's really hard or harder to make the playoffs than it was back in years past. And you take a look at the standings, and you look at a team like Pittsburgh, a Buffalo, uh, a Calgary, a Nashville. They sit there and say, well, we didn't get that opportunity. Maybe we could be like what Florida's doing right now. But I think the Panthers are a pretty good team, and that should be a fun game tonight. So we will talk to you again on Wednesday. At Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct is the way to get in touch with me there. And we'll do a lot of social media coming up on Wednesday. I'll talk to you again then. This was the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.